Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining and Merry Christmas. Today we are in Genesis 17 and Romans 9, and I am in the podcast studio with a watermark young adult and an old friend of mine, Brandon Brower. How's it going? Thanks for having me. So glad to have you here. We've got some some big passages to jump into. So we'll have to have you back again. You can share your story then. I'm going to go speed around, get to know Brandon. All right. When you first came to Watermark, where'd you serve? Uh, the porch. Why the porch? It was instrumental in my faith from the podcast standpoint because I didn't live here and uh, just ultimately felt called there. Love it. And you are married. Yes. You're a young adult at Watermark, married. Where'd you meet your wife? At A&M. Giggum. Giggum. Love it. At a coffee shop there. And uh, then moved to Dallas after we were long distance and jumped on at Watermark because she'd been going here, my wife Grace. And now we serve um, in the pastoral care team on Sundays and doing kind of what I did at the porch just on Sundays. So fun. And because it's December, I think our last get to know you question. Mm -hmm. It's only fitting if I ask you, uh, what was your favorite Christmas present that you received as a kid growing up? One memory that pops up was this like, kind of like a foosball thing, but it was hockey. Oh. And uh, it didn't last very long because we just beat it to pieces, but (laughs) it was fun for about a week. That's how how it goes. (laughs) I love it. Well, let's dive in. I'm going to have you... uh, since we, we got to make the most of this time, I'm going to have you just read these passages for us and then we'll start walking through. Great. So yeah, the first passage is Genesis 17 uh, verses 15 through 19. So I'll just read it. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be your name. I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son and a son to her. I will bless her. She shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. And then we've got Romans 9. Yes. 1 through 13. And how about we split it up? I'll read 1 through 5 and let you pick up at 6. Yeah, there you go. I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race according to the flesh is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descendants from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promised said. About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing good, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told, the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. Hmm. 
cue the Calvinist slow head nod. <laughs> <laughs> so what you got for us? I mean, what are, what are we looking at here? Well, uh, you know, firstly, in Genesis, this is this is the, the promise that has been made to Abraham, the, the kind of the Genesis, if you will, to the Abrahamic mm-hmm. covenant, and uh, the promise that God is making a way uh, for his people, essentially, the, the beginning of that. And so now we see that Paul is referencing back to that mm-hmm. here in Romans 9, and a little kind of context to Romans 9 and, and do speak in where he fed is, you know, Paul is writing to a church in Rome that's diverse and obviously has Roman Gentile believers mm-hmm. and then Jewish Hebrew believers. And he's kind of pastoring that scenario and all the um, issues that can come about with uh, conflict amongst, hey, you know, who are these new Romans that are jumping in, maybe coming in with a little bit of pride now that mm-hmm. they're a part of the family. And then... Um, and, you know, pastoring the Jews is to say, like, hey, we need to welcome them with open arms, and here's why, effectively. Totally. So in that, Paul right here is addressing predominantly the Jewish audience. And later he is very clear and is like, now I'm talking to you Gentiles, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, and so in this address to the Jewish audience, he's making reference to stories that they would obviously good and well know. Oh, be super familiar with. And so in that, he's referencing, you know, the thing that sticks up and pops off the page is, you know, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. Mm-hmm. But something to be considered in this time is the the infants, first of all, these guys are hearing these stories and operating in a kind of a corporate worldview, mm. not as individualistic as like the Western American persona when we naturally go in to read these things. And so they're thinking in a corporate sense. Of what about Israel as a whole? Exactly. This yeah. group of people. Yeah. What's, what? Where do they fit into God's plan? Yeah. And so— Exactly. And so God is addressing that. So the the, kind of the thesis of a lot of this is, all right, God has made promises. God's Mm -hmm. going to keep his promises. Mm -hmm. God's made a way for his people, and God's going to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. Great thesis. To Israel during this time. So it's very clear. God does, and effectively too, God does what he wants, right? He references God has grace on who he wants to. And the the question that thesis is answering is, Jesus has come. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Yep. What implication does this have on Israel? Yeah, exactly. So now Jesus has made a way. And so for them to be welcomed into the family of God, Mm -hmm. even though they are, in a sense, the family of God. But what we see is, as Paul says, you you know, not necessarily just because you're of Israel does not mean you're necessarily of Israel, right? Mm -hmm. And just because you're a child of Abraham in a biological Hebrew Jewish sense doesn't mean you're a child of the promise. And so what is the criteria for that? Well, it is what it's always been for Abraham. It was... Um, his faith was attributed to him as righteousness. Right, Genesis fifteen six. Exactly, and so it's it's an issue of faith. It's an issue of the heart, as it always. Which, as it has always to be been. clear, that's answering. Hey, the question is, how were people in the Old Testament saved? Right, they had a forward looking faith toward Christmas. Exactly, that one day Jesus would come. This child would come from Abraham's family yep. and be the solution for sin. Absolutely. Uh, is a, is a simple way to kind of spin that. Absolutely. How are people in the Old Testament saved? The same way as they are today, by faith. By faith. We look back, they look forward. Exactly. They looked forward. And as we'll kind of touch on later, the Jews are still looking forward, even mm-hmm. though that the object of their faith is, has already come. And so. so this, we've set up Romans. We know what we're looking at. Yeah, Paul's answering this question, what about Israel? Uh, and we recognize that this chapter specifically is, is uh, referring back, especially in verse 9, the promise to Sarah, yep. which we read about in Genesis 17. Genesis 17 is also one of the chapters in which we see the Abrahamic covenant. Yep. God promised Israel some specific things. Uh, but once you kind of have that framework, how do you make sense of these passages? Now the question becomes like, 
what do we think of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're saved by faith. They're to be saved by faith. Paul goes in later and later in Romans to talk about how, you know, God and God has not forsaken Israel. Like right. His oh, Romans eleven. Go read exactly. it. I love it. Yeah, and it's so beautiful. They're 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 not. God has not forgotten. He still has mm-hmm. his hands out and 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 since praying that they would come back to him mm-hmm. and has a plan for them in the future. And and there seems to be this, what Paul would call almost a mysterious revoking of the partial hardening that is on Israel and that they would there would be a mass event in which all of Israel would be saved. Now, the question is, you know, define all of Israel, perhaps. Sure. Because he does say that not all of Israel is Israel. So that's yeah. interesting and you yeah. can work that out on your own time. Yeah. Um, this is a short podcast. Exactly. We all have time to get into But how do we think about Israel, right? Like, are we thinking political Israel? That's one question. Like, does everything Netanyahu does have an implication on this? And I think that might be kind of missing the point and not as important, though it is important and people have opinions on it. Maybe not as directly relevant. Exactly. But how do we think about the Israelite people of God, the Jewish people, et cetera? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there was just some practical applications that I wanted to kind of say, like, well, first of all, we, we want to acknowledge that in, unless they have put their faith in Jesus mm-hmm. and like Abraham, Jesus even references when he calls the, the Pharisees, the sons of their father, the devil, that if they were to have Abrahamic type faith, sure. that they would accept him. Mm-hmm. And that's the essence of what that is. So we would pray that they would come to a saving faith. Absolutely. We would honor them as Paul would reference as the, the original um, branches of the olive tree that we're ultimately grafted into. Mm-hmm. And then also we would want to ultimately uh, live a life to make them jealous. That's the point mm. in a sense, one of the points, if not the main, that the, the Gentiles were grafted in is to to make them jealous. And so- Define that thing. for me. What does making them jealous mean? Well, it means make them realize that we are appreciating something that they're not in a, in a sense, what the reality is, is that we have the object of their faith mm-hmm. in a relationship with the Messiah, which is, an old friend of ours would say, the most Jewish thing you can do is to believe in the Messiah. <laughs> and so in that, um, we can make them jealous. What does that look like? It's um, walking in the fruits that God has given us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the confidence that we have in Christ, the confidence that we have the spirit that bears witness with our spirit mm-hmm. that we are, in fact, children of God. So are we walking in the confidence that God has for us? Are we clothed in the power that Jesus promises when he gives us the advocate to come alongside us, the power to kill sin, um, the uh, power to um, push back darkness mm-hmm. in this world, to walk in the gifts that he's given us, to be able to do things that we would not be able to do in our flesh and um, enjoy the fruits that he's given us, the abundant life that Christ came to purchase for us? You know, are we doing that? Because if we are, it should be making them jealous because they don't have that. And it should be really making every other believer, even Christian, jealous if we aren't walking fully in the fullness that God has for us. So that's the kind of the burden for me in this is like, am I really, am I making the Jews jealous? Mm-hmm. Like I should be that my yeah. call is. Am, am I living in a way that makes Christ so appealing exactly. to those around me? Exactly. Specifically, yes, Israel, but even just lost people. Yeah, anybody. In Israel, they at least have vision for an appreciation for God and a vision mm-hmm. for the promise. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, they're, they're lost in that they don't have Jesus, but, mm-hmm. but there's a particular, I think, uh, palette that they have for Christ because they're, for the God of the Old Testament. For. They've, exactly. they've been waiting for him. Exactly. Yeah, it's so good. anyways, yeah. Brandon, thank you for being in here. Yeah. And for being brave and tackling some tougher texts. Yeah, bear with me there. <laughs> but, um, thank you. Of course. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.